Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good morning and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Diane Callahan, your host for The Lighthearted Life, and our topic today is surviving and thriving in our personal life and in our business life. And our leading man today is Mitch Snyder, and he is the author of an amazing book that I fell in love with called Misfire. Good morning, Mitch. Good morning. How are you this morning? Fabulous. And how are you? I am doing well. Thank you for asking. I'm honored and excited to be here. I am so happy to have you on the show. First of all, I have to ask you something. Excuse me, listeners, I have a little cold, so... I'm a little stuffed up, so just bear with me. Mitch, you list your title as ringmaster. Tell me about that. Oh, when I was in business, when I was in business, I was in business for 52 years running an independent automotive repair shop, and I felt like I felt like I was in the center ring of the circus most of the time, (laughs) with all the acts going on around me, and uh, and my my job sometimes was to uh, put my head in the mouth of the lion and sometimes it was to crack the whip and uh, in general just to keep things going so it just it just stuck I put it on my business cards and it was a great conversation starter it absolutely is because I think that more often than not a lot of us feel the same way you know we're we're just we have all these acts going around us we have all this chaos all this exciting activity and we're just trying to keep it all going. And at times we're trying to point it in the right direction. I think that's the most difficult part. It's easy to keep it going. It's the difficult part is trying to go ahead and, uh, and hurt it, you know, through yes. the gate in, in the direction towards success. I get you on that one. Lead it to where you want to go. I will say, though, that the ringmaster has the best costume in the circuit. <laughs> Um, I, I really believe that after watching Greatest Showman. So, yeah, I like it. I like to pop that. Right. I know. Me too. Yeah. I want to have one of those for myself. Uh, this Halloween's you know, coming up. Uh, there you go. Good one. Um, excuse me. One moment. <coughs> of course I have to start coughing on the show. Don't so, die on me, I want to, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing Okay. I want to talk about how I love how life works and how serendipity plays into everything. So you and I didn't know one from the other until this, when, this summer, was it? Um, Yeah, while working on the video video project at City of Hope for potential transplant patients to help them. Yes get a better idea of what they were in for. 
So what was so interesting is that I was featured in that video and we set up a, because listeners, I'm a, I, as you may know, I'm a three-time blood cancer survivor and I've had two stem cell transplants at City of Hope. And they asked me to be in a video to help people facing a transplant um, understand what they were in for. And I was glad to do that. And so when the rough cut was ready, we set up a viewing with a few other transplant survivors to get their feedback on, you know, on the video. Did, did it really tell people what the process was like? Um, and Mitch was one of the people that worked on this with us. Mitch, can you tell us a little bit about your background and knowing a lot about stem cell transplants? Um. I was diagnosed with primary myelofibrosis in uh, 2014, uh, which at the time was a chronic terminal bone marrow cancer and uh, was fortunate enough to have a really good five years without a lot of symptoms. And uh, I started working diligently at getting myself in, into better shape, fighting shape as it were. Um, and uh, started working out, started eating differently, meditating, uh, doing all the things that you really need to do to stay, that you should be doing before you end up with a diagnosis. And, <laughs> right. Uh, and, and finally, uh, in 20, oh, let's see, in 2018, I became eligible for uh, the transplant program at the City of Hope, stem cell bone marrow transplant program at the City of Hope, because um, I had managed to drop my physiological age below my chronological age and uh, sort of convinced the doctors that I would survive the transplant, uh, which is no walk in, as you well know, having done it twice, it's no walk in the park. Um, no. And, and uh, on April 2nd, 2019, my second birthday, my second first birthday, uh, I was transplanted and I was fortunate enough to have the graft take. And, um, uh, right now, I'm cancer-free. I'm just dealing Woo! with the, the uh, aftermath of graft-versus-host disease, so um, which is no walk in the park either. But it beats, no, it, it is beats not. Being dead. It beats, it beats right. dead. And, um, it, you know, I feel like I'm probably one of the luckiest people on the planet. Uh, I wake up every morning, and, and I make a conscious decision that today is going to be a good day. And I'm always amazed at how often I'm right. Oh my gosh. I love that so much because I too, I think I could fight you for it. I feel like I'm the most lucky person on the planet. And part of the work that you do and I do is to try to help people live that way before they get a terrible diagnosis or have a terrible illness or, or a life-threatening something. Um, you know, it's so important to, to wake up each day and to make that choice. I'm going to make this day great in some manner. You know, it's going to be a great day. Here we are. We're here. Um, we're, we're, you, we're here to serve. I mean, I, I really do yes. believe that. I think that we're, we're here to enrich and uh, uh, enrich other people's lives 
in every way that we possibly can. And and I, th- I think all of us know know people that that have taken for granted uh, their health, you know, their, their the bounty that they enjoy every day and, and the relationships that they have until something horrible happens. And, and I've always, well, I didn't always feel, but I feel now like life would be so much better if we recognize from the onset, from the get-go, that we're blessed, that, that that if we have other people in our lives that care about us and that we care about, we're blessed. If we have food on the table and clothes to wear and someplace to sleep, we're blessed. You know, I I agree with that so much. And I was thinking when you said when we if we have people that we care about and people who care about us, it made me think about having love in your life has so many different um, permutations, right? So when you think of having love in your life, we often usually think of having a lover, having someone who loves us. But the truth is being able to love others is just as fulfilling, you know, because expressing and experiencing and expressing love is what humans are here to do, in my opinion. I I, I think that's a big part of what makes us human. Um, Yes. And and, uh, and I think that I try to think of these things beyond being nice and, and being a responsibility. I mean, and, you know, uh, and and to demonstrate that love of others, that love of life. <laughs> Most cancer survivors, you know, people who have kissed death on the cheek, gotten close enough to kiss kiss death on the <laughs> cheek, really understand how precious and fragile in this opportunity we have uh, while we're here, while we're here to impact the lives of other people in a positive way. And uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, I used to do that. I used to take that seriously before uh, I was diagnosed, but um, after I was diagnosed, it became, it became a compulsion, I guess, an obsession. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know about you, but when I was diagnosed, it was it was really strange. I remember it so clearly. Um, walking out of the doctor's office and standing and looking up at the sky it was a beautiful Southern California day. And looking up at the sky, and uh, just recognizing, just I felt instead of feeling destroyed and depressed and and uh, forlorn, forlorn, I guess I, I felt uh-huh. liberated. I knew wow. at that moment that I didn't have to put up with anybody else's crap anymore. <laughs> I could be me. I didn't have time for isn't, the other stuff, the petty stuff. Isn't that amazing? Because that's and and that's what I try to get across in my writing and speaking. That that is is available. That feeling, that feeling that you just described so eloquently is available to all of us right this very second. We just have to grab it. We're meant to, to be free, to be free to be our full selves, our authentic selves. And, I, you know, my, my motto since I was diagnosed um, 14 and a half years ago, holy moly, um, yeah. is live urgently. Live urgently. Boy, I like and I don't mean, to me, that doesn't mean run around like a crazy person or, put too much stuff on your plate or things like that. What I mean is know what's important and live it now. Yeah. Don't... 
it's all a matter of choices. It's, you wake up in the morning and you have a choice to have a good day. You yeah. know, you have you have a, you have so many choices in the course of the day. They'll lead you in a positive and powerful direction. And so many people allow life to whipsaw them around, back and forth, up and down, in all kinds of crazy different ways. And it's just, it, it would be so nice if, if everyone just took a moment. And it's like we're all carrying this incredibly heavy load of all the junk that, that we've been fed from the time we were kids. And every, it, it's just nice to be able to shrug your shoulders and just dump it. And, yep. then, you know, enjoy that lightness of being. That, that I kind agree. Of some of some of the hardest work we have to do as humans is unlearning all the stuff that got <laughs> programmed into us. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, Stephen Covey did it in Seven Habits when he started talking about the difference between importance and urgency. Um, yes. You know, some things are urgent, but they're not important. And it's it's since I'm not sure I'm not sure there that there are other creed. I just wrote about this. It's so funny. Um, I'm sure there are other creatures on the planet that are capable of intelligence. I mean, you know, we know that, yeah. that there are plenty of, there are plenty of creatures that show native intelligence, but I'm not sure that, that any other creatures capable of inserting thought before action. Okay. You know, I don't, I don't know that, that dolphins sit around self-aware and, and wondering about the meaning of life. Um, I doubt it. I, you know, I, I doubt that. They we just go out there and live it. <laughs> yeah. But it would be nice if we were able to go ahead and, and, and have that kind of abandon also, um, as long as it wasn't reckless. As, you know, we, we, I thought, you know, I, I, I don't think we stopped long enough to appreciate everything, all the beauty that surrounds us all the time. Your, your book was so elegant. It was, it was so, the simple elegance of what you wrote in that book uh, is amazing. It, 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 and it's not, it's, it's, there was, I'm not sure that anything was, and I apologize if this doesn't come out the right way, but I'm not sure anything was revelatory in the book, but it was just delivered in such a beautiful, beautiful way and, and made so much sense. Like, you know, giving copies away to a whole bunch of different people. Because, you know, you would, we could, you got to read this. you got to read this. Oh, Mitch, thank you so much. He's talking about my book, Lighthearted Life, Simple Strategies to Live a Joy-Filled Life Even in Stormy Times. And you're right. Nothing was a, a grand reveal of, of new truths or anything. It was just I, I see myself, my job is to be an encourager and a reminder. You know, I'm here to, like, whisper reminders in people's lives that life is good, that we there's so much to be grateful for, things like that. Right. You know, I'll it sounds, you what, maybe it sounds. Go let, ahead. Let, Miss, let me just inter- interrupt us just for a minute. I'm having so much fun in our conversation. We're going to um, go to a commercial break in just a moment. And so when we get back, we're going to dig into your book called Misfire, which I love so much. I, can't, I have questions, lots of questions. But I'll tell you what, we're going to take a quick moment to recognize one of our sponsors right now. Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. 
The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good and are working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and the opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. So thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all of our sponsors and our partners. And now, Diane, back to your show. Welcome back to The Lighthearted Life, and with us today is our guest, Mitch Schneider. Mitch, this is where we get to talk about your amazing book, Misfire. And first of all, tell me, well, let me tell audience, let me tell you a little bit about this book. First of all, everybody needs to read it. It's, it's, this, it's like getting an MBA um, in business. It's, it has Eastern philosophy. Uh, Jewish Beliefs, Martial Arts, it's, it's an amazing book for business leaders, but also for each of us who is leading the business of our life. Mitch, tell me about what, what, where you got the idea or what caused you to write the book. Um, well, thank you, first of all, for that, that beautiful introduction <laughs> to Miss Um I started, Misfire started probably 10 years ago. And uh, it was I, I was a trade journalist for many years in the automotive industry, writing for uh, automotive shop owners primarily. And uh, it started out as a column. You know, it started out as a thousand-word column. It grew to a hundred and ten thousand-word book. But it, but for many years it just sat dormant. And uh, I had probably written about two or three thousand words, and it, the, the basic kernel. Of, of the book was there, but I, I walked away from it for a long time. When I got when I got diagnosed, um, I the doctor said go home and clean up your affairs, and I took that quite literally. Oh. And I I came across it. Um, you know, it's like the old joke: the ranger said you're going to die. <laughs> I went home and I started cleaning things up, and you know, writing down passwords and all kinds of things. And I came across I came across the article, and I read it. Again, and I said, you know, there's more here than 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 just three thousand words. And I started, I started to flesh it out, and then I decided it was going to be a legacy piece. It was what I was going to leave behind for the automotive industry, for shop owners, small business owners, and and I was going to dump everything that I'd learned in all the years I've been hanging out on the planet into the book, and. The one thing that's amazing about writing a book like this, which is a hybrid, it's part novel and part business book, um, is that once you start developing characters, they take a life, take on a life of their own. And and I would like to tell you that the two main characters in the book are responsible for writing misfire. <laughs> so, I don't know. I was just merely a conduit in in that um, in that process. So uh, it just it. It grew to, to, I mean, one of the things that's really important is you realize that, that people learn, we human beings learn more from stories than we do from empirical knowledge, just from, you know, reading yeah. facts and figures and stuff. So I felt that if I, if I encapsulated all of this knowledge in a story that was compelling and recognizable, you know, if people could see themselves in the characters in this book, then it would be much more meaningful. And, and the response is 
been wonderful and, and helped me at least have the illusion that I succeeded in, in doing that. So, um, you know, it well, follows. There are some elements of the book that just stuck with me, and I know I'm going to need to read it again because on in, on the one hand, it's almost like it's like a mini MBA. I mean, I I took so many notes that my mind was swirling with how to run a business and how to, I mean, the way that you put so many like the a 15, I think it was 15 question business plan. I mean, so many great uh-huh. things. But one thing I loved a lot is you had written that this question is what I'm doing today bringing me the tomorrow I seek. My gosh, that is so is applicable in so many parts of our lives, right? And and this is basically a business book, but it also but it talks about how everything that we do is our life. You know, I don't believe in this work life balance stuff. I believe in um, everything is uh, included altogether. There's a word, but you know, chemo brain. It come, just came out of my brain. I can't think of it. But um, this question is what I'm doing today, bringing me the tomorrow I seek is so deep, simple, but difficult, right? Oh, I, yeah, it, it, everything, <laughs> all, the, all the most simple truths are, are difficult. Um, right. Really. And, but, it, but it's important. It, it goes back to this issue of choice, and, and it goes back to the, the, the reality that, that I, you and I have talked about this before, is that now is all we have. This yes. moment right now is all we have. I used to kid around and say that the past is the present to the future. Right. It's kind of crazy, but, but it's the truth. I mean, the things that the choices that we make at this moment are going to determine the future that, that we're looking for. And it's important to think about those choices and, and to be earnest in, in what we do, be thoughtful in what we do. And, uh, all of this, is, it's really interesting. All of this has been brought home. I'm helping a shop owner in Ohio um, uh-huh. who reached out to me for guidance. And uh, I'm, in essence, I'm bringing all of the lessons from Misfire to life in, in working with him, trying to help him understand where he is, where he's going, and the importance of, of having a direction, of having goals and objectives, of being tactical as well as strategic, and uh, or strategic as well, as well as tactical. Probably right. would be a better, way, a better way to put it. But I try to do all of that in this fire. And, and uh, because, you know, I had, you'll appreciate this, and, and perhaps some of our listeners will appreciate this. I had to have a really difficult conversation with my son because misfire wasn't finished when I was transplanted and Uh I had to sit down with my son who happens to be a really excellent writer as well and I said you know you got to finish this book for me if if for some reason I don't make it you know if I'm one of the 35 percent that doesn't make it through the transplant process or if I'm unable to finish it in some way right and uh that's how important. That's how important. I really believe getting the book done and out into the world was. You know, something um, I loved about the book and the story 
you know, we follow Kurt, a business owner, a husband, a father, community member, in this whole transformation of his life, of his mindset, his physical body, his business, his home. And that's what hooked me so much. I don't, you know, I don't own an automotive repair shop. I don't know a lot about cars, although my dad was the parts department manager at Hatfield Buick, the oldest new dealership in the, in the United States of America. But um, so I'm not a car girl, and I, I, I'm not in that lane. But the thing is, this book isn't just for people in that lane. In fact, it's for, it's for everyone. It's not even just for business owners. But what I loved is that you took us on this journey with Kurt to where he understood the connection between his physical body, strengthening his physical body, and his mental ability through the use of Eastern philosophy and martial arts, and then how that translates into clarity for his business and grounding him um, to be that leader for his business and his family. It was so profound because as a uh, high-performance coach, that's exactly what I work with clients to do, to connect their physicality, their, their spiritual side, their, their mental acuity, to connect them all together because how we do one thing is how we do everything and how we show up in any one area of our life is who we really are. And so now are you a martial arts enthusiast? Because the book has a lot of detailed martial arts information. Yes. <laughs> the, the simple answer is yes. I, studied, <laughs> you, um, I, I figured you were. I studied um, Ishinru, Okinawan karate, Kenshikai Kempo, Hawaiian karate, um, Bakudo, Chinese Kempo, um, and Tai Chi. And all of those helped me <clears throat> achieve that. That's a magical word, by the way. They use the word clarity. Clarity is a magical yes. word in all of this. Uh, being able to see clearly around you. We, as in the Western world, in my, my humble opinion, I, I am HO, right? It, we tend to compartmentalize everything. You know, yes. this, is, this is the work part of my life. This is, the, this is the physical part of my life. This is the relationship part of my life. And the bottom line is this is life. Yes. And it's all part of the same continuum. And we've got to be able to sit quietly and appreciate, enjoy, savor um, everything that we have, everything that we've been given, everything that we've worked so hard for. Um, I, you know, I, I have a, a saying I've written for, for years about this. I, I really think this idea of work-life balance is backwards. We re, if, we want, if we're serious about it, we really should call it life-work balance. Where do we yes. put the emphasis, right? So, you know, this, this, it, was, it was interesting to me because I was a shop owner for many years, and, the, and the, the two central characters are a shop owner and a contractor. And shop owners that have read the book have said, well, how come you didn't make, you know, how, how come you didn't make the shop owner the guy who needed help and the contractor the, the guru, the teacher, the, the sifu, the sensei? And I said, because it would have been too easy. It, it just, you know, I want people to understand that it isn't just 
written for automotive shop owners. It's written for anybody that's in business. Right. Or in the business of life. Yes. <laughs> the, the word that I was looking for earlier is integration, where you're your full self in every breath, whether you're in a boardroom, whether you're underneath a car, whether you're practicing uh, martial arts or yoga or reading a book, fully integrated, your heart and your mind and your soul and your body. And that's, and I love when you said savor, that we, we get to savor these special moments. And, it's, and one last thought, because we're almost done with our amazing conversation, but I think a lot about how we expect, we expect that our days will be basically good, right? Like we, when something goes amiss or there's a misfire, um, we get frustrated or angry. You know, if we get stuck in traffic, I mean, it can be something small. It could be something big, as you and I know. Our lives misfired when we got a little bit of cancer. But when we need to look at it in a different way, because then we get so mad because we, we expect things to be hunky-dory. We expect to go on a very straight trajectory to whatever it is that we want, right? The truth is that will never happen. And what we should be doing, and so then we have these, then we get mad because the days we had a bad day just didn't go well. We should be celebrating every day that didn't have a terrible thing in it. That wasn't, that was love. You know, we should celebrate that. Just your regular day. Savor it. And when you savor, you use all of your senses, right? I don't, I don't know about you, but I, and this is good for people that haven't been through this. It's going to be difficult to understand, but I can say this as a survivor, but I benefited from my cancer. I'm a better person because, because of, of the experience of going through that crucible and being forced to look deep inside myself and to look at the world around me and to look at the relationships and recognize how blessed I've been, um, and, and one of the things that comes out of that is that, that you know, things don't have <laughs> – there isn't some great continuum in the world that's looking at you and pointing a finger and saying, this is going to happen. You know, things happen. How you deal with them is what, what makes a difference, how you handle them, how you, you know, how you integrate them into your life, how do you work your way through them. And, and uh, well, I think it's important us, to have this appreciation for life. I agree. And let us end on that positive, positive – uplifting note. I want to say thank you so much, Mitch Schneider, for being my leading man today. Uh, and, if, and you guys go out and find his book, Misfire. It's on Amazon. You will love it. Um, and then I'd like to say a special thanks to all of our listeners, both in the United States and across the world, as we are an international show. We'll be back again for another Women Lead Radio show every Monday at 9 a.m. and every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. And it has been my sincere pleasure to be your host today. Thank you for listening to The Lighthearted Life. And I wish for you a lighthearted, joy-filled week where you're mindful and present and that you savor every good thing that happens to you this week. Thank you so much. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, 
resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.